0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre sales to select campus events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk bentley Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan trainer Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit livenation.com concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
1: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, has their fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weather Peak. But did you know they sell other automotive products as well? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, just go to TireRack.com slash sports, TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be.
3: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. All right. This is is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb.
1: Ah. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Doug Gottlieb show in the bonus where to begin. You're going to hear from LeVar Arrington on OBJ. You're going to hear from Craig Carton and Greg Jennings. talking about Anthony Davis. You can hear from Dan Patrick talking about the Colts. Plus our favorite segment in the history of radio is you're annoying. And wait until you hear who is in, uh, who is in the sights of one Jason Stewart. He found some good. And I got one as well, a former colleague of mine. Plus, Oh, oh, oh. Oh, last night and today, pretty interesting day on the social media devices. We got got a bunch to get to. Um, And I got a good pick of the day for you, better than last night. Sorry, I didn't know Georgetown still sucked, but they won, but didn't cover, so it was bad. Anyway, um, I think, you know, one of the stories of the year in the NFL, there's a bunch, right, in terms of you're at the midway point, the big headline should be black is white, day is night. Things that we thought we knew, we have no idea about. Are you kidding me? The fucking Jets are good, and the Giants are good, and the Packers stink, and the Buccaneers stink, and the Saints stink, and, and and Russell Wilson to the Broncos has been an abject disaster. Like what? Think think about that for a second. Like if you were to if you were to go into a coma, okay, in the right before the season started, and then you wake up from the coma, or like you went and. I don't know if you guys have ever traveled somewhere where there's not like not internet service and you're like, I'm just gonna disconnect. I'm gonna shut off my phones, I'm gonna go and you know, like if you did the ayahuasca in a with a shaman and just kind of camped out for months on end, you came back, hey, you know, I've been away, like what's going on? How how's the pack doing? Like they stink. What? Well, they must have played a good schedule, like, no, not really. They lost to the Giants and the Jets and and the Lions. Like, excuse me? Well, Aaron Rodgers must have got hurt. No, he's been healthy whole year. Little thumb thing, but other than that, all good. Right. I mean, and then the Broncos, when you left, the Broncos had just acquired Russell Wilson. And you're like, oh, well, that's got to be going good, right? Best division in football. Like, no, actually, the Raiders, kind of a mess. And uh, the Broncos actually stink. Nathaniel Hackett completely over the head, his head. The, the Chargers are banged up, but they're the Chargers. You, you have no faith in them, even though they're a couple games over 500. And then the, the Chiefs keep beating people, even though they're, they, they get outplayed at times, right? It, just weird. Um, but I heard this, this is Aaron Rodgers, very defiant, goes on Pat McAfee and said this about the narrative that the Lions defense stopped the Packers on Sunday.
4: Two of them weren't great throws. You know, there's some other parts to to plays. You know, it's not usually not just on one person. Every now and then it's just on one person. But there's a lot that goes into each each play that could either avoid some of that thing. And sometimes, you know, guys can uh, screw part of the play up and you can make a great throw and. Make up for all of it. But, look, I've made a thrown touchdown pass many times. I don't give a <laughs> one of these experts on TV.
1: <laughs> Rodgers went on to talk about his credentials.
4: I always believe in myself first, and I bet on myself first. To go out there and to, to impact the game and to be great. I still know I have that within me. Still the reigning, defending, two-time MVP. Regardless who's out there with me, guys want to come battle. They know where to find me. I'll be in the center of that huddle, expecting greatness, trying to inspire the best I can, and laying it on the line.
1: I I mean, I love that. I love the confidence. You're not going to be Aaron Rodgers unless you're super confident, bordering on arrogant anyway, right? You're just not. All those guys, if they had real talk, that's what they would say. Like we, in the radio show, we played for you, Tom Brady talking about the effort of others, no mention of himself or his own preparation or what he's, you know what I mean? Or even the trying to save his marriage, probably taking that, that, that 10 week, uh, hiatus during the preseason, right? So it's not that Aaron's alone in, uh, deflecting criticism that could be launched his way, but the, they weren't great throws. Like I don't understand why he can't just own it. Like those were two terrible throws. I'd like to have back. If you say that, instead he went into. They weren't great throws. You know, other guys can affect. Basically, I mean, every, we all heard what be heard. He said they weren't great throws, but you know, a couple guys did a couple of things, and you know, and okay, the when you're throwing back to a tackle eligible and David Bakhtiari who was in fact open and you underthrew it like and I get it like he was under an incredible amount of pressure but he still underthrew it underthrew it he was open you underthrew it right um it, sound, it feels like excuses and then kind of offers up the no excuse then not really it listen it's kind of my fault but not really all my fault that's what he said and you know I, I I I like Aaron, I love Aaron Rodgers, the player. I, I like Aaron Rodgers, the person. There's parts to him which th- this is part of the issue that people have is that he's eh, sort of accountable, right? Like all you just want from Aaron Rodgers is like, look, I don't know. I should be playing better. Maybe I'm frustrated at, at other things. Maybe guys have screwed up in the past, but I screw up. I own it. That's the way it works. I screwed up. I own it. And then you move on, but this, you know, I, it weren't great throws, but you know, that's what it sounds like. A little kid sounds like a 12 year old, actually not 12 year old, six to seven year old going like, well, Johnny and Jenny and like, no, no, Aaron, those two of those throws. And we know the two in particular, right? He had the, uh, he had the, I don't know what it was, a corner out that he underthrew or maybe it was a post that he underthrew. And then the one to back to those were bad throws. The one that is deflected, he can't take ownership. He might not take ownership of it because that, that just happens. But that also was Aaron just trying to gun one in there. I don't know. And that's one where he probably is thinking, why don't we just run the ball here? It's first down. You know, first and goal, run the football, win the game. Uh, but the, the hope that that's there, it does lead me to believe that they probably beat the Cowboys this week. And you're like, what have they done to let, make you believe they could beat the Cowboys? And my answer is, well, nothing. But if you watch the NFL this year, what doesn't make sense, makes sense, even though it doesn't make sense. <laughs> is that, is that, does that make sense? Okay, good. Aaron Rodgers still has it and still has, and, and listening to him, and I read Rob Domofsky's article today. If you guys have, haven't read it, go to ESPN.com. Rob covers the team for ESPN.com. He, he basically wrote like, look, they're not, next year he's coming back. Unless he retires, but if he retires, he's walking away from $58 million guaranteed. Do we think Aaron Rodgers is walking away from $58 million guaranteed? You're like, well, he's got lots of money. Like, well, if money didn't matter to him, why do you need a new contract this year? So money matters, and that's, excuse my language, fuck you money. I have $58 million. He's not walking away from that. Now, could they trade him? Possibly it would have to be after June 1st, but then somebody else is taking on all of that money, and if you listen to his voice, I'm still the two-time defending champ. There is a certain... Motivation of having a shitty season. If you can't turn around this year, can they load up and go one more, one more run at it next year? That's what feels, it feels like will happen in Green Bay.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Live Nation
0: presents Concert Week.
1: not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of BF Goodrich tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRat.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's Tireac.com. sports, Tireac.com, the way tire buying should be.
7: All
1: right, let's get to what the Fox said. And now, <laughs>
3: what does the Fox say?
1: Lavar Arrington said this about Odell Beckham Jr. potentially joining the Cowboys. Do they need him? Yeah.
7: Well, do we know what Odell is capable of doing right now today? No, we don't. That's the bigger question, and and to get the answer to that, if if OBJ can come back and play the way he was playing with with Los Angeles before his injury, then of course they could they could use his services they, they it you can never have too many talented players but I don't know what his health is how's what's his ability to to cut straight line speed he could come back and and be able to do it but when you're talking about accelerating decelerating changing changing uh directions and different things like that. That ACL has to be, it's really not the, the ligament itself. It's like the, the muscles around it
1: have to be ready to go. I, I mean, thank you, LeVar Arrington, for being the voice of reason here. Um, and I said this on the radio show, and I mean it now, which is, uh, one, I agree with LeVar, and we'll get into that in a second. But two, remember, he wants to be a Ram, or he's always wanted to be a Ram. And they won the Super Bowl last year, and he supposedly earned a tremendous amount of respect inside that locker room and maybe in the front offices. But they have, to this point, not signed him. What does that tell you? No one would know. No one really knows what he's going to run and move like and how he's going to be after his second ACL surgery. But the team that had him last and had great success with him has not, to this point, signed him. That should be a warning sign to anybody else, shouldn't it? Right? I mean, you'd, you'd think, that's my, uh, what do they call it in relationships? That's my red flag, right? There, there's the red flag to Odell Beckham Jr. And part of it is exactly what LeVar is talking about. Like, we all act like he's just going to come back and be Odell Beckham Jr. Is catching a touchdown in the end zone with one hand like he did with the Giants against the Cowboys. Do you know how long ago that was? You know? Uh, I, I just I, I just think it's really amazing. Really and truly and completely and totally amazing that so many people in the media have not said what LeVar just said, which is the reality. We have no idea. No idea what OBJ will be like coming off his second ACL. And maybe that's why the Rams haven't signed him. But this like... The Cowboys do it, are doing what the like, they don't, do they need him? I don't know. Do they need Odell Beckham Jr., how he played last year at the end of the year? Yeah. But he wasn't good at the start of the year, and not all of it was the Browns' fault or Baker Mayfield's fault. And there also is the aspect of when you come back from an ACL, it takes a while till you feel right. And this is his second ACL. There's so much there we don't know, and he doesn't even know. So I, I, I don't really understand the Cowboys' infatuation with him. This is Craig Carton on a show called Carton on Fox Sports 1. And Greg Jennings talking about Anthony Davis.
3: I've said this since the season started. Anthony Davis is the most overrated player in the history of the NBA. And by the way, the fact that he is on the all-time 75 NBA list is a joke. He's not even in the top 250, let alone in the top 75, and he's the reason the Lakers are such a bad team, not Russell Westbrook. Yeah, and I mean,
6: everybody has said this, but when you, when you acquire a guy like Anthony Davis, you, you assume he's going to be what you move forward with. He has not lived up to any of that. Like, not even close. Even the year that the, the, he had a good year in the bubble, but that year he he's he's still hasn't had
2: <laughs> a year that he's had in New Orleans.
6: Look, I'm not even a there.
4: Laker fan, but I'm an NBA fan.
3: Yeah. Anthony Davis is the most overrated player in all of basketball today, and I believe, because they did put him on the All-75 team, he is now, and it's not close, the most overrated player player in the history of the nba and nobody can convince me otherwise he is a clown
1: um i think he goes a little over the top in the history of the nba i would put tracy mcgrady in that list because tracy mcgrady never won anything until he was a bit player with the spurs really 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 i mean didn't even win a playoff series playoff series um and there's others we could kind of go through that are in that discussion. But the other points he made were on point, right? Anthony Davis is hurt constantly. Um, and, but I don't, th- I don't think, he, like, he, he and Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, the first couple games of the season was a major problem. Their issue is they just, uh, LeBron earlier today, I thought was really smart. He's like, look, we got guys that literally didn't play basketball last year playing major minutes. That's an adjustment for them, for us playing with them. And remember they're playing without Dennis Schroeder. I mean, the big thing is that while Russell Westbrook is playing well off the bench against bench players, it's one of the things about being a bench player, six man that no one mentions, you're not playing against the other team starters most of the time. And so when you're a former MVP, like it's like playing against the JV guys all of a sudden, right? And he's able to play really well. Now his confidence is growing. The, the problem is Pat Beverly's really a bench player too. And he's been playing starters minutes and, he's not good. I think Dennis Schroeder is going to come back. I actually think Dennis Schroeder is going to help him. He Played really well this summer uh, for, uh, for the German national team. And there's actually a good amount of excitement when he comes back of how he'll fit in, but he's not wrong in terms of Anthony Davis shouldn't be on the 75th anniversary. Anthony Davis has not had as good a career as Dwight Howard. It's not actually close. And while you could sit there and go like, well, Dwight Howard's a clown. He's you're not wrong. Dwight Howard, we want to do the Orlando Magic to the NBA Finals, whereas Anthony Davis couldn't do anything with, with, with his teams in New Orleans. Nothing. So he's right in terms of 75 greatest players. I don't know if he's in the 250. Um, I don't think he's a clown. I don't think he's the most overrated player ever, but he's in at least a bit of discussion. Reggie Miller's one. Now, this to sound like sacrilege because he's great on Dan Patrick And he's a beloved guy. Reggie Miller was only, I think, third team all NBA once or twice. Remember, that means you're in the top 15 players in the NBA during a like 20 year career, twice in your career, once or twice in your career. And you're not a top 10 player. How are you 75th, 75th all time team if you were never a top 10 player when you're in the NBA? And like, oh, yes, he was. No, he wasn't. Like, go back. You know, if you want to go positionally, go back and look at the other guys who are on those teams. They were better. The reason Reggie Miller is in the Hall of Fame, the reason Reggie Miller is on the top is because he won what he did in New York in eight seconds. And two, the fact he's been on TV and he's like a beloved guy. But in terms of actual basketball, he ain't that guy. Here's Dan Patrick talking about the Colts.
5: By the way, in case you're wondering who's calling the plays for the new and improved Indianapolis Colts, we found out the Colts are expected to uh, have a 30 year old game specialist assistant (laughs) quarterbacks coach call the offensive plays against the Raiders. (laughs) So they fired their offensive coordinator. This feels like this might be audio-visual guy where they're just saying, uh, Hey, uh, Jimmy, come on in. Uh, Do you know anything about our offense? Well, I've watched some highlights. All right, that's close enough. Everybody says the same thing about Jeff Saturday. He's a wonderful person. Should he be the head coach of the Colts right now? And the answer is no. And then... Like, you look around and you go, uh, he's qualified, and he's qualified, and he's qualified, but nobody got a chance to move up the ladder there. And I know the owner likes him. Okay. Uh, There are certain things. Like, I like certain people, but I wouldn't have them maybe paint my house or work on my car.
1: I I understand what Dan's saying. It's like, look, this becomes kind of a clown show. I should point out that the guy who's calling plays for the Philadelphia Eagles, do you know who it is? His name's Shane Steichen. Where'd Shane Steichen come from? Came from the LA Chargers. And he actually, halfway through his last season with Anthony Lynn, got to call the plays. And he was, very similarly, not in a position to call plays. And people were like, hmm. And what happened was, you know, guys in the organization identified him as, hey, well, let's take a look. And while they all got fired and then he went to Philadelphia with Nick Sirianni, got this job and he's done a kick ass job and really, really done well this year. Um, I think that's what Jeff Saturday. I think that's supposedly they had a phone conversation during the game on Sunday. I'm talking about Ursay and Saturday and Saturday never talked about him coaching. And I'm sure Ursay was sitting there going, just taking notes. Well, what do you think? So th- this is a hypothesis. I don't know it to be true. I think Jeff Saturday is essentially like hiring a consultant. You know, a consultant. He had he'd been to Indy, he'd been and coached in, and excuse me, played in Indy during their glory years. He's been around the NFL. He knows kind of everything. He knows all the players and all that other stuff. And what he's going to provide, Jim Irsay, is a real accounting of what's wrong with this team. And who he should keep, who he should jettison. That's, I think, what's happening. It also should be pointed out that you're not hearing from John Fox. You're not hearing from, you know, there's a couple other guys that have been, John Fox has obviously been head coach, coaching the Super Bowl. A uh, couple guesses here. One, you know, you want, you want somebody outside, the, you want an outside consultant who's going to give you an honest picture of what's going on. Secondly, you kind of want to take a look. Like, what would it look like if he was the head coach? And third, like, I don't know if John Fox and some of those guys actually even want to be the interim coach. Because interim coaches, even when they are successful, are usually relieved of their duties. Don't believe me? Look at what happened in Las Vegas. But I think what Jeff Saturday is going to provide for his owner is a true sense, true sense of what's really going on in his building. And that's what the Fox said. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m.
3: Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
5: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
6: <sighs>
5: is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my, look at that, he is...
1: Oh ho ho. Lots of things annoy us in the world. But what we try and find is the most annoying people in the world in a segment we call
6: And now it's
3: your annoying.
1: Alright, this is my I think my favorite LeBron James moment was when he was it wasn't it like a was it a Muhammad Ali book? Was it a Malcolm X X book? Right where he was holding the book, and somebody asked him about him, and he gave him the old—it uh, was like the the Donald Trump um, uh, numbers, whatever. I don't know, like the I haven't clearly haven't read the book, sort of answer. Right? That that w- which book was it? Do you remember Jay Stu? Was it Muhammad Ali or was it uh, was it Malcolm X?
6: I want to. Th- maybe you're thinking of a totally different example, but I I drum up some sound today, and there was an example of uh, he was asked at the playoffs a few years back. Because he he had been on record as saying The Godfather is his favorite movie ever, and he watched it six times leading up to the series. And one reporter's like, yeah, what's your favorite line from The Godfather? And then he went on his, ah, you know, there's so many of them. And then then the guy followed. No, no, no. You have to have just one. And then he just didn't answer it. Um, (laughs) And this week. What is your favorite line from The Godfather, by the way?
1: Um. Probably leave the gun. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. There you go. The one go to the mattresses. The one that I I (laughs) right when the when the horse heads in the bed. Like what? This is not hard, right? Like it wasn't a trick question. And there's no wrong answer, really, right? No wrong answer. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry.
6: Um. This week he was asked. I think it was over the weekend. Maybe it was Monday. He he wore a uh a suit and tied to the arena yeah. to honor um, his friend takeoff takeoff from Migos yeah. and then afterwards he was asked about it and he said yeah um, th- he basically said th- b- th- he basically said this
2: I'm listening to those guys for so long I was listening to those guys when I my first year with the heat in 2010. And you can ask any one of my teammates back then that had no idea who Amigos the was. They were, like, cursing me out when I would play it throughout the weight room or play it throughout the locker room.
6: Now, a couple of things about this this um, sound is, is annoying to me. First and foremost, it has been fact-checked that Migos never even released a song when he was on that Heat team the first season. So, you know, and I'll give him a benefit of the doubt if he hasn't already made like nine of these errors in his career. Uh, He's just a bullshit artist. He's full of shit. So I don't give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, And then maybe the most annoying part about this comment is this. He uses, he's trying to pay homage to takeoff of Migos. And within that, he gives a humble brag. It's always about how LeBron was affected by everything. And he says... I knew about Migos before any of my teammates did. I, I,
1: I knew about the band back when they were doing demo tapes is one of the more annoying people on earth. Oh my God, the worst. And, and I'll be honest with you, I actually was that guy for a long time with the Dixie Chicks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I was in, uh, I was in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And um, my at the end of my sophomore year, I was driving back and forth to a town called Enid, Oklahoma. Do you know who's from Enid, Oklahoma? Man, it sounds familiar. Mark and Brent Price are from Enid, Oklahoma. It's like an uh, hour. I wasn't away. going there. Nope. Okay, Mark and Brent Price, and their dad, their late father Denny, who coached me in the USBL uh, right right before he passed. It was a was a great shooting coach, and I'd actually stayed with him after my Notre Dame season. John McLeod, my coach at Notre Dame, had me stay with him when I, as I drove home. Anyway, I was driving back and forth, and I went into Hastings. And bought a Dixie Chicks CD. I felt like I was the first one ever to buy one of these CDs. It was just like one of those new releases. Where no one ever heard of them. And I grabbed it, threw it in, loved it. Hey, is your trouble? Hey. Well, by the way, they, they've changed their name to The Chicks. Because Dixie Chicks is offensive. It's great. It's, I mean, just the irony to it. Like, no one was offended by Dixie Chicks. But okay. They're offended by the things you said. But okay. Um, so I was that guy. But this one's bad. Right? This one's a... Yeah. But there's and a layer. They, uh, ask anybody. Ask anybody. No, no no no, ask them. I had to I used to I used to I used to bang Migos like no you didn't. No you didn't.
6: No, oh, and uh and you know. RIP Takeoff. Like that, it was almost like a secondary thing that the yes. guy died. It's like it's, I it's, knew it's, about it, the Migos.
1: Yeah, you don't have to it's just like 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 you could say hey, it's comfort music to me like I I remember I feel like I listened to it back in Miami like I don't know, I just I can't believe that how it happened or, or how about, how about, and LeBron James has the, I promise school. He's got a book about it. Yada, yada, yada. How about the actual issue? You want to make a difference? How about the actual issue? How about LeBron James standing up and going, Hey, how about successful black people? Shouldn't fear being shot by other black people. Shouldn't be fear being shot by anybody. And supposedly, it was an argument over who's better at basketball. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You're LeBron James. Just go like, hey, how about this, guys? If you have an argument about who's better at basketball, this is just the thing that we do in basketball. You ready? You can actually play against each other and then figure out who's better at basketball. But shooting each other should not be an option. Not option one, not option two, not option 10, not option a million. Don't shoot each other. Don't shoot anybody else. That's what he should have said. Okay, he is annoying. All right, what else? I, I, this one was this one was good. I'm I'm going to take credit for this one because you, whoever says it's going to catch a whole lot of heat, right? Which the one? Polls, the polls and predictors over the Rick Cowherd, and uh, and you know, Clay Travis has to go, you know, full heel, right? As he's gone, he took over Rush's spot, and a guy who voted for Obama twice is now the the anti Democrat. But both of them were talking about red wave last night. And look, if here's the, here's the legit honest truth. You ready? Here's my, here's my, here's the only five minutes you'll hear me talk about politics. Here here it is. Um, Donald Trump winning is the greatest upset in the history of political science. But I believe that one of the reasons Donald Trump originally ran as a Republican was to destroy the Republican party. And I think that's kind of what he's done now, even though he's the former president of the United States because he's toxic. He's toxic. Um, But the prediction of the red wave, equally big upset to Donald Trump winning the presidency over 15 establishment Republicans and the Clinton machine, equally big upset is what happened last night in America. Inflation, all time high, right? Inflation, all time high. You got a president who and everybody, you know, we can make fun of Sleepy Joe, whatever. I mean, the funny thing is he dominated Trump in the debates, but then Trump, had him painted as sleepy Joe. Right. So even if he doesn't have all his faculties, he can still kick your ass in a debate. Like that's comedy to me, right? That actually, you don't actually know what you're saying, but regardless, Biden's approval numbers are not great. Matter of fact, they've been crazy, crazy low. And for the Democrats to survive, they basically survived last night. They didn't win. They just kind of survived. That's an upset, but I think it's classic. Like how many people are like red wave coming gonna drink it in and all those predict poll polling matters less now than ever before because the only people that appear to be on these polls are extremists and elections are decided in the middle they just always are because most of us are in fact in the middle we don't love extreme politics we don't love extreme sports takes we're just kind of in the middle which by the way is where this show resides so uh, all of you who predicted the red wave it's over right it's over and like, no, no, you're annoying. You're annoying. Uh, you got, you got two more. We got two more. You, 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 you,
6: give the next one. No, no, no. My, 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 the red red wave poll predictors and, and LeBron James are mine. You have one that you like a lot. So go ahead.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, this is Jay Williams on his own social media feed
2: making Kyrie Irving the victim. When I hear what Kyrie Irving has to go through in order to be reinstated, I'm appalled. I'm appalled. And let me give you examples of how I feel like we don't have the same energy and hold other people who have dealt with racial tropes accountable. So when Sarah Silverman does blackface or when Don Imus says nappy-headed hoes, or when Howard Stern calls somebody the N-word in the skit, or when Brett Favre takes money from the state of Mississippi. We don't ask them to get sensitivity training. We don't ask them to donate $500,000. We don't ask them to meet with the Black National Caucus. They apologize, and then you know what? The rest of the world moves on. But what I feel like is happening here, and that's how in the black community, like we've been told that's how the process works, right? Think about that, that's how the process works. Oh, somebody does a blackface, it was a misunderstanding, we got it, okay? You know, is that person really racist? Probably not, was it ignorant? Probably so, okay, we understand it. We move forward, we don't like it, we would love to hold them accountable. But society and having a lot of black people in positions of power, We don't have the governability to do that. But what we feel like happens with Kyrie is even after an apology. It's not enough.
1: Okay. Um, Jay, how little research. Here's the problem with Jay Williams. I work with him um, and he didn't like working with me in his book, which uh, he went to his old agent, an agent uh, who I believe is out of the, out of the industry now, um, he, he had his ghostwriter decided he didn't want to write the book. So he went to his agent, basically wrote his book. He told his agent and wrote in his book that he wanted to punch me from working with me because I would correct him. Well, what I wouldn't do is correct him. What we would do is when he would say something that he was not actually true or he would, he would misspeak, we'd try and help him as a teammate and clean it up. Right? And so I'm going to help him as a teammate and clean it up. Okay, so he said, we didn't have the same energy for Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman lost a movie, actually hasn't been in a big movie since. Um, Don Imus uh, got fired. Don Imus is, in the conversation of most successful radio hosts in the history of the medium, lost his job, rightfully so, for the nappy head host, which was a joke, uh, but it didn't go over well. And uh, um, Brett Favre, everybody's stuck on this Brett Favre thing like we're not talking about. Like, well, nobody's talking about Brett Favre, like, actually, you are talking about Brett Favre constantly one um it's not a sports story secondly he's being investigated by the FBI and the state of Mississippi and could be charged so um I don't know what we're supposed to do with Brett Favre but if found guilty of these alleged crimes he's going to go to jail which is a little bit worse than I don't know six different things of apology what do you think um Howard Stern, like, again, if you want to take the context of Howard Stern in a skit, like, there's lots of things said on Howard Stern. Like, sorry, I can't really help you. If you, you know, like, you want to pick out something Howard Stern said, like, honestly, Howard Stern, he made his career on being offensive, but it's, it's actually all kind of a gag. It's, but whatever, like, you just don't get it. It's okay. One moment. You know, it's, it's totally okay. I mean, you, you, you sound like somebody who did no research on this at all. And, oh yeah, by the way, like, he's like, what? You just apologize and move on. Yes, he had a week to do it. He was urged by everybody, hey, to just apologize. And he said, and I quote, I won't stand down. Like, okay. I, I don't I don't know what what the fuck are you talking about? He was given a week to apologize. And only after he was suspended did he then apologize. And and oh yeah, by the way, like, is it really that everybody goes to sensitivity training. There's lots of people who have done far worse to go to they fire far less, they go to sensitivity training. Like so, he was already going to do- donate $500,000. Already volunteered that up. That hasn't changed. He has to meet with the owner. The guy who's going to pay him I don't know, $38 million this year. Like there's just uh, he's he's turning Kyrie Irving into a victim? Is that what we're doing? Okay. Um sure. You sound like an idiot by saying that. You sound like somebody who's you, you're 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 doing what drives people crazy. It's annoying. Kyrie Irving's not the victim here. He's the perpetrator of an, an a, a wildly offensive tweet because you're echoing essentially the sentiments of the movie. Right? Oh, this is what black people were told. Well, let me tell you what Jewish people were told. Hey, you know, six million people died in uh uh in uh, in Eastern Europe. They were, they were, they were executed, they were shot, they were hung, they were gassed, they were whatever. Um, they had um Experiments done on them, right? They were the Germans. The Hitler regime tried to exterminate them from the earth. Okay, so if you think there's a little bit of sensitivity towards being told that that didn't happen, I don't. I don't really know what I can do here, right? Like I can't really help you here, right? This is the same guy who basically said, "Hey, Alex Jones is not all that bad," like if this was the only thing of Kyrie Irving, like man, if he was Steph Curry and then there was this and then he apologized right away, we move on, but it's not. And your lack of willingness to accept it. And all of a sudden make Kyrie Irving and all of black America into victims because the, like you're doing exactly, exactly the playbook. This is the playbook. The playbook is, Hey, Kyrie Irving, you know, you want him to apologize. Now this much, you know, who's to blame the Jews are to blame. Yeah, The Jews there to blame. We're apologizing to people. There's only like two and a half percent of them in the country. So in an effort to make his uh, dookie backcourt cohort, I know they're not the same team, not same generation, some sort of victim, you're actually doing what others have done to Jews in the past. Congratulations. And they're annoying!
5: Buffalo style. Why are we doing this? Why do I? Because we can.
1: So, look, this is podcast only. Lots of stuff we can do here we can't do otherwise. Here's an example The Astros have won the World Series. The Astros had a parade. Here's an Astro fan.
0: What? To everyone who still considers the Astros cheaters. Fuck y'all. All all right.
1: Ah, there it is, the F bomb in all its gloriousness, which really we understand, right? That's how, if it was our team, I think many of us would defend our team the exact same way. And if we're fair, it was 2017. The problem is that Jose Altuve and some of the others still remain on that ball club. Look, don't blame us. You're the ones who cheated. Don't blame us for not validating your 2017 World Series championship or holding it against you. You got blood in your hands, but I do understand you supporting your own team. And more than anything, we support here on the uh, in the bonus podcast, your desire and ability to curse because we can play it here. Why? Because we can. Let's get to our pick of the day. So pick of the day comes from New York City. Knicks taking on the Nets. Brooklyn versus Manhattan. And of course, one of the stories today is Jock Vaughn has been named the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. That because you couldn't hire your Right? <laughs> you just, red flags, couldn't hire him. So then the Nets, who've actually won two of their last three games, are favored over the Knicks, who they've won two of their last three games as well, beating Philadelphia and Minnesota. Here's the thing. Both teams had the day off yesterday, obviously. The whole league had the day off because of Election Day. Mitchell Robinson's not going to play for the Knicks. Um, The the Nets, remember, they're not just without Kyrie Irving. They're without uh, Utah Watanabe, who gives them good bench depth, good energy. I just think that the Knicks have a better roster. They don't have a a Kevin Durant. um, But I think tonight is a night for solidarity towards towards Jock Vaughn. I think the Nets win, the Nets roll, the Nets cover the three and a half points, even though they don't have Kyrie, because in many ways they played better without Kyrie. They're far better defensively, and you're dependent upon Kevin Durant to carry you. Tonight's the night that he carries them. I like the Nets as a home favorite against the Knicks. All right, that's it for In the Bonus. We gave you a pick. We gave you all kinds of takes. In the meantime, remember, the Doug Gottlieb Show is daily, daily 12 to 2 Pacific, that's, uh, what is it, 3 to 5 Eastern time? And, of course, you got the In the Bonus. Lots of people keep discovering In the Bonus, like, dude, that's awesome. Why don't you do the whole show that way? Like, because I can't yet. But I got this. And we have a, a new All Ball podcast that, that's dropped. Uh, Greg McDermott, head coach of Creighton. We don't talk about coaching his son for the most part. We talk about all the other things. It's really, really good. That's called All Ball. Download that when you'll love it. In the meantime, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is In the Bonus.
0: Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
3: At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
0: Play.